0: like I was saying, there there is this link between our our spiritual lives and our health and our well-being, and it it can work two ways. I mean, there's lots of um, Christians who've got some sort of uh, story or account of how their spiritual life has made a difference on their physical health, and it works the other way as well, that often um, I find if people are in lots of pain, it, it kind of somehow forces our attention on ourselves. It can make us sort of involuntarily quite self-centered. We're very aware of ourselves because of this pain in our leg or our head or whatever it might be, or it can make it hard to concentrate. Um, And particularly if there's a serious illness, it can really affect our sense of identity and how we see ourselves in God. But when you read the Bible, you get this strong sense that health and well-being is something God cares about passionately. And the, there's kind of, you, you see that in the Old Testament and God's, uh, how God treats his people, the Jewish nation. You see it in the New Testament where Jesus went around healing lots of people. Can I take this off? That, there we go. Okay. When, and you see in the New Testament where Jesus goes around healing lots of people. God really cares about our physical healing, whether it is small or big. And I've been really... Uh, blessed in that kind of most of the sort of illness or sickness I've had has been fairly minor you know coughs and colds and headaches and things like that Um, and my experience is that when I've kind of uh, brought those to God actually he has healed me Um, but I've also known people who've you know seen God heal things like cancer and deafness and depression and other significant illnesses. Um, uh, When I was preparing this, I came across an article on the BBC website which talked about a bit of research that has suggested that um, spiritual people, and I'll clarify what it means by this, um, may suffer worse mental health than people who are... Um, more conventionally religious or even agnostic or atheistic. And uh, what they mean by spiritual is, is kind of, I think, this sort of uh, whole category of people who would describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. So it's kind of more about, you know, um, uh, crystals and how you arrange the furniture in your room and kind of meditation and Reiki and hypnotherapy and things like that. And this research says that people in this spiritual but not religious category are more likely to have mental health problems such as anxiety or depression. I think it's a really interesting uh, article, um, and, uh, and I suppose that, that kind of people who are looking into um, faith and the Christian faith as, you know, is it just in the same category as all these other things? Actually, there's lots and lots of accounts, not just in the Bible, but in people who are Uh, in a relationship with Jesus, of how God really has made an impact on their physical health. And I want to read a passage from the Gospels, from Matthew's Gospel, which talks about um, an encounter between uh, a man and Jesus that results in physical healing. And it's in the book of Matthew, chapter 8, verses 5 to 13. It says, when Jesus had entered Capernaum, a centurion came to him asking for help. Lord, he said, my servant lies at home paralyzed and in terrible suffering. Jesus said to him, I will go and heal him. The centurion replied, Lord, I do not deserve to have you come under my roof, but just say the word and my servant will be healed. For I myself am a man under authority. With soldiers under me, I tell this one go and he goes and that one come and he comes. I say to my servant, do this and he does it. When Jesus heard this, he was astonished and said to those following him, I tell you the truth, I have not found anyone in Israel with such great faith. I say to you that many will come from the east and the west and will take their places at the feast with Abraham, Isaac and Jacob in the kingdom of heaven. But the subjects of the kingdom will be thrown out into darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the centurion, Go, it will be done just as you believed it would. And his servant was healed at that very hour. Let me just pray for us all before we carry on. So, Father, I want to thank you for this fantastic opportunity to speak about your heart, your authority, and your power to bring healing in our lives, to to say to the cancers, go in the name of Jesus, to say to depression, be gone in Jesus' name, to say to hearing, come in Jesus' name, to say to small ailments, to say to big illnesses and disabilities, that, the, that Jesus has authority over all these things. And Lord, I want to pray this morning as we look at your word, Lord God, that it would go out and achieve its purposes, that you would minister to us and we would receive healing this morning in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. I want to particularly look at the verse uh, there that says where Jesus, uh, where the centurion says to Jesus, "Just say the word, and my servant will be healed." And I think that two observations on this passage. One is that the centurion, this man, recognises that the issue. Around healing was one of authority. So Jesus offered to go and pray for the sick person. But the the man, and you kind of see this in how he talks about how he has people under him, the man recognizes Jesus has authority over sickness. He doesn't just have authority, you know, within a a five meter radius, but he has ultimate authority. And he, he kind of sees that and he says, just say the word. And in some ways, It kind of seems to me this is a recognition he sees in Jesus, that Jesus is more than just some incredible faith healer type of character. Because in in sort of recognizing that he can speak and bring healing, I think he's he's sort of ascribing to him the same power that we see of God in the creation where God speaks and things come into being. So Jesus recognizes, uh, sorry, the centurion recognizes Jesus has authority. I think that's really important. But also, Jesus acknowledges the importance of this man's faith. So, you know, Jesus was willing to go and to, you know, pray alongside this man and to, you know, impart healing to him. But the, the man's faith was so strong and so significant. For Jesus, it was like, I don't need to do that. You know, you have got faith in my authority. And so, you know, the, as the, me- the measure of your faith. So uh, I'm going to do it. And he just spoke the word and the man was healed. And I think this is a really significant account in our understanding of how God heals. So in the Bible, we, we see different ways in which um, healing is brought about. And a really significant way is where people are prayed for or encouraged to seek prayer for healing. So uh, James talks about if any one of you is you sick, you know, call for the leaders of the church. They'll come and pray for you. The prayer offered in faith will make the sick person well. So prayer for healing is really important, really significant. We also read about uh, the gift or gifts of healing, a special spiritual gift given to some people who will, you know, have a, a kind of an extra special anointing. I guess to pray for people and to impart kind of healing and well-being and life to people. But here in this uh, passage, we see something different. We see the power of Jesus' words, the power of the Word of God to heal. That's what we see here: the power of the Word of God. To heal, and uh, just to clarify something that we're not talking about this morning, um, you know, we can probably appreciate the different parts of what makes us us affect other parts. So there's a you know emotional side and a psychological side and a a sort of purely physical side, and we kind of can can appreciate. I think there is there are interconnectednesses between them. So for example, when somebody suffers from stress because of kind of mental pressure often it can affect their physical health as well. They're more susceptible to getting coughs and colds and getting run down. And it can also, you know, bring a sort of an emotional numbness and malaise about them. Similarly, people who have um, physical illnesses can often, it can often affect how they think and their, their sort of emotional side of how they feel about themselves. So the three things are connected. And similarly, people try to affect change in one by affecting another. So... Um, Often, people who have a poor self image they kind of how they think about themselves and how they feel about themselves isn't isn't doing them good, they will try to change something physically. They're going to get cosmetic surgery or something like that. If I change how I look, then that will affect my thinking and my emotions. Or or people who've got kind of uh, strong emotional pain, emotional issues, maybe will visit a, a counselor or a psychotherapist or something like that to, to kind of rewire how they think so they don't have the same emotional reaction. And in one sense, you know, prayer and fellowship and the things that go alongside the Christian life, you can, I think, appreciate how that would help on that that sense, you know, that... Um, the, the human sense of kind of praying and talking through our issues, a bit like how kind of having a, a positive attitude or or talking issues through with somebody can have a positive impact. And so, you know, th- there is something of that, but there is much more, isn't there? You know, having a positive mental attitude, I don't think ever cured cancer. You know, a, having a good chat never kind of brought a, a blind person their sight back again. So there is something purely natural, but there is something different. We're talking about... Um, the assumption and the biblical worldview that we are more than just some kind of collection of, of flesh and blood and uh, deoxyribonucleic acid or whatever it might be. That actually there is a side of us that we would call a spiritual aspect to life. That we're not just what you see is what you get. There is something, um, something, I guess, mysterious, something intangible, something where there's not this obvious physical link that we talk about in terms of a, a spiritual life. And I suppose it's not just Christians who talk about a spiritual life. You know, it kind of comes back to that discussion earlier about people who would describe themselves as spiritual but not religious. They, they kind of think there is something more than just this physical life and, and will you know try and influence that through um, all sorts of kind of new age practices or contemplation or yoga or, or things like that. Whereas for Christians, our spirit is where we interact with God, and our spiritual life is about our relationship with God. So the Bible talks about somebody who puts their trust in Jesus as being spiritually alive, apart from being spiritually dead, and that affects our spiritual life. It affects, sorry, our physical life, our, our kind of inner life of our emotions and our the our way of thinking but also our physical life and our body. And it can do that in positive or negative ways. Our spiritual life can affect our physical life in lots of different ways. Sometimes it's really positive, so we often hear stories, don't we? Um, We heard lots of testimonies about this on a Sunday morning of people who decide, I'm going to honor God with my finances. I'm going to bring how I spend my money and what I do with my money into line with what God says in the Bible. So I'm going to start, I'm going to deal with my debt issues, I'm going to start giving and I'm going to start tithing. And then on so many occasions, the sort of story goes on and you hear about how God has blessed this person with, you know, an unexpected tax rebate or a gift from an unexpected source or people get a promotion. And it's like there's no obvious link, is there? You know, just because I give to the church, then my boss gives me uh, a raise or whatever it might be. The only connection is that God makes a connection. It is something spiritual. We do something physical, but because it's, it's something that pleases God, there is a, a, a similarly a spiritual blessing that results in something um, physical. So uh, our spiritual life can affect our physical life in a positive way, but it can also affect us in a negative way. I've spoken to too many people, really, who have, for whatever reason, kind of taken a step back from their relationship with God or their spiritual life. And you know what? It's affected them in all sorts of ways, not just that they've got more time on a Sunday morning, but in so many cases, it's affected their family life, it's affected their mental health, their physical health. It's affected their life in lots of ways. And um, I, I suppose all of that is kind of a backstory, really, but I think hopefully really helpful to understand this issue that we're talking about, about God being able to heal and specifically the power of the word of God to bring healing in our life. So, you know, we can pray for healing, and when we pray, it kind of involves that spiritual place where we connect with God to bring healing. We can uh, look for somebody to pray alongside us, for there to be this spiritual connection and impartation. But similarly, the Bible can uh, doesn't just speak to our minds, but to our spirits. Um, I, I, I suppose it's a bit like when... Um, uh, at work, sometimes when uh, when I've got a problem with my computer, and I ri- ring up IT, or I need some sort of new software. Um, installing on my computer and often what they do they don't have to actually physically come to my office and do something with it you know I I just have to give them permission to take over my computer and it's very strange thing just sitting there and somebody's doing all this stuff and um, and the guy was doing it this week I think he had a dodgy phone line so he started typing me messages on the screen it was all very strange but there's something about like I I kind of gave over the control of my computer to somebody else and they were able to you know install this program or to do what needed to be done and simply when we engage with God and the spiritual level whether it's through prayer prayer, whether it's through kind of receiving ministry from somebody, or whether it's when we receive the Word of God as the Word of God, it, it kind of, you know, we make that spiritual connection and it has an effect on our physical life. And in some ways, you know, as I said at the start, this this uh, topic of the power of the Word of God to heal is a specific application of um, talks that I've given previously, whether it's uh, last week when I was talking about the power of God to save, and it wasn't just about, you know, it gives us some advice and guidance and steers us away from, I won't get John up again, but, um, you know, just that, that effect of going boom, that it, it kind of has an impact beyond purely sort of rational ways. Or uh, a few weeks ago, I was talking about how the, the, when we read the Bible and when we re- accept it as the word of God, it's like bringing God into the room. So, you know, if you've got faith that, you know, if Jesus stood here and said, you know, be healed in the name of Jesus, actually when you open up the word of God and it says be healed in the name of Jesus, it's bringing God into the room. It has all the authority, all the power of the words of God because it is the word of God. So in the book of Psalms, in Psalm 107 and verse 20, talking about God and it says he sent out his word and healed them. He sent out his word and healed them. But the context of this psalm is, is about kind of God's salvation and God's rescue and how he continually comes to the aid of his people. And in, in some sense, it, it sees healing as kind of part of a bigger package of God rescuing and God saving us. And this is true elsewhere. So. Um, famous passage in the book of Isaiah chapter 53 which talks about the coming Christ and what Jesus would accomplish when he came to earth and it says that by his wounds we are healed and the New Testament understands this both in a a physical healing but also in a spiritual healing it's part of this whole package and again, it reflects the ministry of Jesus. He went around and, you know, a lot, there was a lot of forgiveness, wasn't there? He kind of forgave people of their sins. But again and again and again, he, what he seems to spend so much of his time doing is healing people. He, you know, he talks about in some places he healed everyone who came to him. And there is just this, this connection between our spiritual salvation and our physical salvation, if you like, that where God saves, he also heals it's a revelation of God's heart to see people saved and to see people healed. And just as His Word saves, that we talked about last week, it also heals. And uh, it does this in two ways, I think, or two main ways. And one is it, like a general preventative way, if you like. So when my relationship with God is healthy, um, you know, when I'm, I'm sort of praying and I'm regularly reading the Bible, which may or may not have anything to do with healing. I find that I have more life about me. Actually, I find that I'm less likely to get um, overworked and run down and affected by the possible stresses and strains of life. I feel that I have stronger uh, mental and emotional health. I am, uh, you know, for want of a better expression, I'm in good health. You know, when my relationship with God is good, my, my life is good. It's better than it would otherwise have been. So there's this kind of preventative way in which just kind of being exposed to the Word of God, having that spiritual connection with God affects my physical life in lots of general ways. But there is also specific ways in which we can see the authority of the Word of God in the area of healing. And that's where somebody is sick, that we can speak to that sickness, to that situation with relevant scriptures that build our faith and releases God's will. It declares His authority over those. And it can be um, specific Bits of scripture of the Word of God, which refer to healing or God as a healing, so uh, as a healer, so exodus fifteen twenty six talks about God reveals himself as I am the Lord who heals you and um, there's that verse in Isaiah that we talked about before by christ 's wounds I am healed, but it 's also just you know that kind of wider picture of god 's heart and god 's power and god 's authority to heal so um, you know book of Romans, a couple of verses from romans eight romans eight twenty eight in all things God works for the good of those who love him. Romans 8 verse 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because of his spirit which lives in you. So it's almost like a bigger picture of God's power, God's authority, God being at work in my life. But I think that, you know, as for that centurion who talked to Jesus, faith in God's authority is important and the authority of his word. You know, because when we are putting our faith in God and we're recognizing his authority, our spirit is alive to God and we are willing to accept his authority. So in a minute, I want to pray for us. And I want, well, I want us all to pray, actually. Let me just recap what I've said. So God cares about our health. He cares about our physical health. He cares about our emotional health. He cares about our mental health. He cares about our well-being, our sense of life. God also has power and authority over sickness. And he exercises that in the spiritual realm. That then affects the physical realm, our lives. And one of the ways in which he does that, that we're looking at this morning, is through his word. It accomplishes the purposes of God. So I want us to pray this morning. And... uh, you know, we've been talking about the power of the Word of God to heal. And I guess the response from some people this morning might be to just to get more of the Word of God in us, to be more spiritually healthy so we can be more physically, mentally, and emotionally healthy. And I think, you know, that, that's something that would apply to, to all of us, to want more of God's life in our life. But I think there are also some people here today who are looking for healing today, who are looking for God to say the word and have faith to believe they can be healed today and uh and we want to see God healed today i'm going to ask um you know sometimes when we uh, when God wants to heal people, there are specific um what we call words of knowledge where God speaks to people and says you know i i'm uh, there's somebody here today with this situation and I want to heal them. And we don't need to hear that to be healed or to know that God, uh, God's heart is for healing. But sometimes it can encourage us. So I'm just going to ask if anybody has any specific words of knowledge that they share them with John um, here. And uh, just so that we can kind of bring them to the front and it, it might encourage you um, when we pray for healing. And uh, how I want to pray is... You know, it would be tempting to, to kind of say, oh, if you want healing, then come up to the front of people will pray for you. But actually, I haven't been talking this morning about uh, receiving prayer for healing. I've been talking about receiving the word of God and its ability to heal you. And so what I want to do is, um, in a minute, I'm going to ask us all to, to stand and to um, to pray for ourselves. Because, you know, th- this is not where we're putting our faith in the authority of you know, whoever it is who's praying for me, and it's not where we're putting our confidence in, um, you know, oh, you know, Paul's really good at praying for people and then being healed. We're putting our confidence in God and His Word, and that's a great place to be, let me tell you. We're putting our confidence in this is what the Word says, and I'm going to stand on the Word. So really what I'm going to do this morning is ask us all to, to take authority, really, over our sickness and to take a bit of accountability for um, how, you know, our own health and uh, I know it's it's kind of more comfortable if there's somebody else and we can put our faith in somebody else but I think it's it's really good thing to do this morning that I'm going to declare the word of God because it's the word that has authority so that's what we're going to do and I'm going to encourage us all to do that but I, I, I will give an opportunity when we finish the meeting actually I'm going to ask some of the leaders to be around here and if you do want to talk through something with one of those leaders if you would appreciate just kind of having someone else stand with you to consolidate the prayer that you've done or you're seeking a bit more guidance and a bit more uh, clarity about it. And again, you know, God can speak prophetically about situations and the causes of situations and barriers. So if you would appreciate praying with somebody, there'll be an opportunity to do that at the end. John, do we have any specific words? Can I might as all well to, to stand? And uh, we're just going to um, get a couple of, of, of words. It's where I kind of feel like God's saying something about specific conditions that might be in the room. Like I said, it's not necessary to be healed, but it's, um, it just kind of helps uh, to give us a bit of added faith that, you know what, like God's here today for me, for this situation. Um, I was going to share a testimony. Um,
1: my whole life I suffered mouth ulcers growing up and then... They seem to get worse in adult life, and I, I don't think, I think for about the last seven years, i probably suffered them the worst, I guess, since being a Christian, and I'd never been more than maybe three weeks without mouth ulcers, and I'd have anything up to 15 or 16 of them at a time, and um, the last four weeks, it was, anyone that knows about mouth ulcers knows they're awful, and one day I was walking through Morrison's about nine months ago, and um, just said I had I had four or five or something mouth ulcers, and I said, "God, Your Word says I'm healed. I don't understand why I'm not. But I'm going to just trust that, actually, because Your Word says I am that I am. I'm not going to have them anymore." And then, um, you know, I didn't feel anything. I didn't have any goosebumps or anything. I just made a decision to trust the Word of God. And um, since then, I've had maybe two or three mouth ulcers, and uh, it really showed me something new about what it's like just putting your trust in the Word. And um, God gives us that ability to trust him and trust his word and we don't need to feel like we trust him. We just need to say, God, I know you and I trust you and therefore I'll trust what you've said.